This is going to be fun. Kia ora, and welcome to Stuff to Watch, the podcast that takes the stress out of streaming and sorts out what to see at the cinema. I'm James Crew, and this is the finale of our first season, so let's make it a good one. No pressure on my guests, Kylie Klein-Nixon. Hi! And Emily Brooks. Hi, James. Kylie, controversial question. What's been your favourite TV show finale? I loved Game of Thrones. I know I'd let a lot of fans down, but I even kind of enjoyed that. I enjoyed the butthurt over Daenerys going bad and, and Bran being made king and like those things hadn't been telegraphed from the beginning. It was so good. I loved it. Emily, what about you? Look, this isn't an original one, but for me it's Breaking Bad. This is a near-perfect series already, I think, and the final episode was just like that chocolate shavings on the cherry, on the icing, on top of the cake. For me, I've got a couple of weird ones. One has to be sound elsewhere. As nutty as it was that it was all in the mind of Tommy Westphal and the shaking of the uh, snow globe. The other one is Quantum Leap, which was stolen by Avengers Endgame, I have to say. I hope they don't kind of mess with it when they reboot the show or reimagine the show later. Anyway, let's find some stuff to watch. New at Cinemas this week is Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, a comedy drama about an older woman's sexual awakening. It's essentially a two-hander with Emma Thompson playing the woman and Daryl McCormack, the escort, hired to help her. I'm Leo. You must be Nancy. May I come inside? Yes. What did you think, Kylie? Well, first of all, even though it is all about sex, Leo Grant is not a very racy film. It's far more about feelings than it is body parts, and even the much-remarked-upon scene where 63-year-old Emma Thompson stands completely nude in front of a mirror isn't titillating. It's triumphant and kind of awesome. I found this film really uplifting, even though I couldn't really relate to the character Thompson plays. She's incredibly repressed, almost comically repressed at times. But I certainly could relate to a lot of the themes. So Thompson plays this retired school teacher whose husband and one and only sexual partner has died. So she hires a male sex worker to let her experience the sex life she's never had. Now, instead of confronting us with gratuitous scenes of carnal gymnastics, it ends up being an exploration of two people's hurts and disappointments and how being gentle with each other can really heal them. And it's tender, it's awkward, it's funny, much funnier than I expected. But above all, it's sex positive, and I think we really need a bit of that, um, because the film explores this idea that having a physical connection, not only with somebody else's body, but with your own at any stage and in any shape, it can be really healing. And I came out of the film thinking, yeah, maybe we should be able to get that on the public health system. After all, I'd rather my tax dollars were going on orgasms than bombs or roads of national significance. <laughs> Fair enough. Emily, will you be uh, standing in the front lines advocating for that as well? You know, I think this is a really important topic. I, I think older people's and particularly older women's sexuality is something that isn't explored enough in the media. And I mean, think about the audience that makes up your movie going public, you know, it's it's relevant. So this is an important topic and an important film. It's also such an interesting discussion between two generations as much as anything and their attitudes towards sex and uh, relationships. Run, don't walk to see this. This is one of the best films I've seen in a long time. Thompson is brilliant. 
I'm so glad they've sorted out this crap they had where they weren't going to be able to nominate her for an Oscar because of the way they distributed it in the US. Apparently they've fixed all that. She's got to be the front runner at the moment. Because this is the last episode of the season, we're going to talk about a couple of shows that haven't quite been released yet. First up, there's The Bear, which arrives on Disney Plus on August the 31st. It's about a young chef from the fancy world of fine dining who has to go home to run his family's Italian sandwich shop after the sudden death of his older brother. Thank goodness we've got Stuff's food editor here, Emily. If you've ever wondered what it's really like to work in a restaurant kitchen, it's slightly more stressful, slightly, than the experience of watching the show. Which isn't to say that the bear is bad, it's, it's very, very, very good, but a relaxing, easy watch, it's definitely not. So, like you say, James, pretty straightforward premise. Jeremy Allen White plays Carmen or Carmi, a gifted young chef who leaves a career working in fine dining restaurants. He takes on a restaurant that's extraordinarily badly managed. And Carmi's trying to bring it up to scratch, but it's hard when the staff are resistant, there's no money. And Carmi is not only recently bereaved, but he's also suffering some pretty severe trauma from his own restaurant past. This is your brother's house. I was running it fine without you. Why didn't you leave it to you then? This is one of the buzziest shows of the year so far. It's right up there with something like Yellow Jackets. And I mean, I think it deserves all of the buzz it's getting. Not only is it arguably the first show to truly portray the unromantic reality of a professional kitchen, you know, they're aggressive, they're competitive, they're macho, they're kind of scary. Um, But the show itself is really sharp, it's taut. And then occasionally you just get a couple of minutes of pathos that, you know, really brings you these rich characters. It's brilliantly written, it's brilliantly acted, it's incredibly agonising, but I love it. And as many have pointed out before me, Jeremy Allen White is ludicrously hot in it. You you mean Bob's Burgers wasn't a real interpretation of uh, what restaurant life is like? Damn. <laughs> Kylie, what what's your verdict on it? Well, look, I don't know if I've, I've been as immediately invested as a show as I have been after watching two episodes of The Bear. And it's not just because Kami is the internet's new imaginary boyfriend. It's the energy and the characters. It's just gripping. Also, my dad was a chef for a while and now I know why he never talks about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Look, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I've, I've always been more a kind of uh, chefing reality show rather than drama. But I have to say, you can almost taste the sweat. Right, let's move on to another quite intriguing uh, US series. I would say time for a laugh, but I'm not entirely sure having watched the first episode. It's The Rehearsal. It's currently screening on Soho and it's coming to Neon on August the 27th. It's the latest project from a guy called Nathan Fielder. Kylie? So for those who don't know him, Canadian comic Nathan Fielder's wheelhouse is docu-reality comedy. So think sort of a gentle version of Borat, where the star interacts with real people who aren't necessarily in on the joke. With this show, if your performance isn't accurate, you could ruin someone's life. And so for the rehearsal, um, real people come to Fielder with a problem, and then he rehearses solving it with them until they feel like they can manage it on their own. So the comedy is in the way they really get down to the absolute minutia of the experience. For example, in, in episode one, the guy wants to deliver some difficult news to a friend in a very specific bar. 
So Fielder has an exact replica of the bar built in a warehouse, like down to the ripped bar stools and number of lemon slices on the counter, you know, for him to do this in. It's it's absolutely wacky. And you spend much of the time going, did they really do that? Is that guy an actor? Is this scenario real? You can't tell. And I found that kind of difficult to enjoy. It's also a little bit tedious at times. Like there's a sense that he's also having a bit of a laugh at your expense because it's not easy to watch and it's not immediately funny. I think it's one of those shows that will build, you know, the in-jokes will come with the more episodes you watch. It, it is. It does have to be seen to be believed. It is kind of queer eye as if it was reimagined by Larry David. And it, it is definitely like almost a pastiche of those improve your lifestyle programs, but with such attention to detail, it's uncanny. Also, I guess it's what lessons are we trying to learn from this? Is it that people are so predictable that you can rehearse and predict what they're going to say? The first episode definitely proves that's not the case. Without giving too much away, there is a sting in the tail of that episode, which does leave you with your jaw kind of agape. Back to stuff you can watch right now. We're talking Bad Sisters, which comes out today on Apple TV+. It's a dark comedy Irish thriller created by and starring Sharon Horgan. Emily. Sharon Horgan is a woman I would both like to be when I grow up and marry, I think. She's a fantastic actress. She's fantastically gorgeous. She makes some fantastic TV. I mean, you know, catastrophe. You might not know this way up, but you should see it if you haven't. Now we get this peculiarly delightful series about four sisters who conspire to kill John Paul, who's the controlling, gaslighting, all-round basic stinker of a husband of their fifth sister called Grace. We're talking about taking a man's life. Not a man, but monster. The story flicks between the post-murder present and the months leading up to the murder and we slowly learn that each of the four sisters maybe had her own reason for wanting to get rid of John Paul beyond just protecting Grace. Meanwhile in the present we have a pair of fairly hapless insurance brokers on the brink of bankruptcy who are sniffing around John Paul's death which might not be exactly what we're being led to believe it is. There are so many compliments I could bestow upon this series. All of the acting's excellent, but the thing that really makes this shine is Horgan's impeccable writing. I think it's a masterclass in black comedy and suspense and slow revelation, and I'm really, really loving it. Yeah, I just love the, you know, flat delivery of some brilliant one-liners in a lot of cases. Our final choice of this season is my classic cut. And probably my favourite movie of all time. It's certainly one of the movies that made me fall in love with the cinema when I was about 12 years old. Try and work that out as to how old I really am. If for some bonkers reason you've never seen it, it is the one with Michael J. Fox as Marty McFly and his effort to get, well, back to the future. Horrible nightmare. Dream that I went back in time. Well, safe and sound now, back in good old 1955. 1955? It's just arrived on Netflix. It's just a brilliant high school comedy, romance, sci-fi adventure with some absolutely brilliant performances. Fox is at his charismatic best in this. Christopher Lloyd is just fantastic as the eccentric doc. This is the gold standard, Spielberg-produced, Zemeckis-directed, kid-old movie of the 80s, and it just evokes a particular era. It is the best movie ever. 
Agree with everything you said. Also, my favourite movie of all time. One of the things I really love about this film is how every single little detail is important. Every line of dialogue will have significance down the line. It's so smart and just so rompingly fun. I adore this film. It's it's pretty much bizarrely timeless and it's as perfect today as it was when it first came out you know everybody has waited for that time to to share that movie with their own kids yes I can't wait to show this to my kids they're five and seven and I feel like they're not quite there and I don't want to show it to them too early because I want them to love it as much as I love it I did that with gremlins and it was a mistake oh yeah (laughs) yeah that could go wrong (laughs) let's remind you what we talked about today Good luck to you, Leo Grand is in cinemas now. The Bear is coming to Disney Plus on August 31st. The rehearsal on Soho Now and on Neon from August 27th. Bad Sisters out today on Apple TV Plus. And my classic cut, Back to the Future, which has just arrived back on Netflix. So that's it, the end of this season. But like the Terminator, I'll be back. If you follow us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, really, you'll get the new episodes as soon as they drop. You'll find all the links at stuff.co.nz slash stuff to watch. A huge thanks to all my guests on the series, including today's pundits, Kylie Klein-Nixon. Cheers, guys. And Emily Brooks. Thank you. That was fun. And to producer Chris Reed. I'm James Crute, and I've been finding you Stuff to Watch. I'll be back. <laughs>